What's up? I'm Jess, and that's Jack. I'm and Jack Pace. I know, right? This is a mini sub. <laughs> and um, are we still in October, or are we in November now? Let me peer into my crystal. Probably November. I think we might be in November. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Is it cold yet? Because right now, we are steaming in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> If this were after dark, I'd be getting naked. <laughs> Can we just make it an after dark mini soon? Okay. Oh. <laughs> after dark. It sounds like a Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's what our theme music sounds like. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're right. I was not allowed much creative control over the <laughs> end of that process. It sounds like you were given creative control. <laughs> you moaned a ton. Uh, you Half of those high, high moans in After Dark is actually Jack. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> So what are we talking about on this mini so Jack? We got a question that came in for us on Twitter. They want to know, how will the church and Christians ever make up for the role they played and continue to play in crushing the spirits of LGBTQ people? People on Twitter don't fuck around. Damn. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> that is a great question. And the, the tone is perfect. Like, we should never talk about queer suffering without queer pain and queer anger. Mm. So we should never sanitize it. Mm. If we're doing that, then we're, we're saying it wrong. Yeah, it's a disservice. I think the first thing that comes up for me is that churches and Christian organizations, Christian individuals should stop oppressing us. That'd yeah. be great. You can't ask for forgiveness if your boot is still on the neck of the person you're oppressing. Mm -hmm. Like, take the boot off our necks so that we can talk. We just want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we throw love the sin or hate the sin out the window, please? Oh, yeah. I think the other thing that I'm, like, thinking of besides just, like, obviously burning all of the shit down and restarting is for even some of the progressive spaces that I've been in, um, I've experienced oppression even in those spaces. Mm -hmm. There is an example of um, a space that I was in that some of the queer individuals wanted to do a pride parade with the with the kids ministry and it didn't happen because oh we're worried about what parents will think we don't know how the kids identify and just getting way too <laughs> way too i don't know like ridiculous about it so dumb i've been in other spaces where you know one of the biggest things is like the the community responds really well to the straight white cis male leader saying something that is very similar to what I'm saying. And then when I say it, it's hard for them to hear. Right. I feel like that, like not trying to think like, like oversimplify and think like, 
Oh, well, it's just it's just the fact that, you know, people are, are having a hard time with with change and they just need they need us to go a little a little slower, give them give them something else. And it's like, no, they're just not used to hearing queer voices say those things. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot for them, even if those people who are listening are queer. And we need to like dig into that a little bit and realize right. that that is complex and that it is layered. So we're having these issues, not just in conservative church spaces. We're having these issues in, in all of church spaces and ministry spaces. And it's why so many like white, um, straight cis or, you know, even just white cis dudes, um, are starting to feel like they need to like step down, you know, from being the mouthpiece of a message. Do they feel that? I don't feel like a lot of them feel that. I'm not yet. saying a lot. <laughs> I didn't say a lot. Did I say a lot? Did I say a lot? Let's de- let's let's delete a lot Roll if I said a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think that some um, individuals are feeling that pressure of the of the desire to amplify other voices mm-hmm. and may and realizing um, that amplifying other voices is still not enough and that they need to step away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, as far as the, like, progress thing goes and, like, people hear a message from either somebody who looks like them or somebody who looks like what they think a leader should look like. Which is what they've always seen. Right. Like, I'm I'm all for gentleness in theory, like, not pushing people more quickly than prepared to go but there is a place to be gentle and there's a place to be not as gentle a little rougher like why should the rate of our progress be tempered by their bigotry like Mm. if that's what's motivating it it then let's not hang back so they can catch up right like let's that doesn't work they can catch the fuck up yes they probably won't because they don't want to catch up right Exactly. Well, I was just thinking about our, um, just even the presidential election, right? Like Mm -hmm. the difference of like last term, people chose Trump over, um, Hillary. Um, maybe they didn't, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying. No, (laughs) 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 but then they chose Biden. Like, and I feel like it's because people aren't ready to hear, even from a white woman. Right. Like, like an old white woman is a bridge too far for people. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Like, Straight d- old white woman. Like, damn. <laughs> like, I mean, the same was true. Like, if you think about like Obama and maybe previous you know democratic presidents before like clinton like Mm -hmm. i'm sure there are things that they were in agreement on that were way way bigger deals coming out of obama's mouth yeah you know and i just i i stand by the 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 idea that people just get uncomfortable with seeing someone they have not usually seen and the same is true like i've i've been guilty of that like I think we all have, like, I think we've all Mm -hmm. been in that situation where like I hear another woman say something that I was like, Whoa, um, 
I'm not like that as much anymore because I really love hearing people that are minority groups say things that need to be said. Mm -hmm. But I remember being like still trying to kind of fit the mold. Right. Unintentionally, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like another thing that comes up for me kind of related to what we've been talking about is that another feature of a lot of progressive spaces is there even the like LGBTQ affirming ones I guess is exactly the thing we've been saying like they don't want to hear from us mm-hmm. like they want us there mm-hmm. they want our time energy money and attention but they don't they don't want to give us a seat at the table or they don't want to give us their seat at the table yeah. I think that's even more specific like they want us there they want us sitting next to them because it makes them look good and because they think well you know now we're equal we're making it more equal no give them the seat ahead of yours right i'm just being blatant maybe i'm just maybe we've recorded too many podcasts today but i'm just being (laughs) i'm being straight up on this one i feel like it's it's necessary to be said Mm -hmm. yeah something that i experienced i've experienced in some like episcopal circles is that I love that the official stance of the Episcopal Church is not just queer affirming, but queer celebrating. Mm. But it doesn't look like that in a lot of local churches. Like, I went to one church for a long time. All the leadership was cishet white people. And they didn't want their, like, the way they did ministry to change for anybody, people of color, queer people, mm-hmm. people with disabilities. Yep. Like they wanted us there and they wanted us to grow with the sort of plant food that only helps like old straight white people yep. to grow. Like we just can't, grow and when we're like languishing they're like why do you have to be so difficult why do you have to be so loud mm-hmm. it's like bitch because you ain't listening right <laughs> i tried to tell you quiet and you didn't respond why are we so concerned why are they so concerned with the triggering and the trauma that they might cause to their white head participants but they don't give a shit about all the trauma that we've been they say they do they say they Mm -hmm. care about the triggering they say they care about the trauma but over and over again they prioritize the triggering of of individuals that are have had privilege and feel safe speaking up like this has Mm -hmm. been my biggest like pet peeve recently has just been like yeah you're hearing their voices because they're comfortable with speaking up you're hearing individuals who who like are having a hard time with change or have a hard time with the word queer. That was a a recent one. Um, Like you're having a hard time with these things because or like you're able to hear them having a hard time with this because the people who feel like accepted here don't want to ruin it. So they're not going to, they're not going to push back. Right. They're not going to express to you what, what they're not enjoying. Like it's rare that they're going to do that. Like that's me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I deserve to be here. 
Y'all can find another space. I mean, old Episcopalians will bitch about anything, though. Mm. Like, if they don't like a single thing, like, they'll tell the priest something. And, like, most of them keep doing that because their concerns are validated. There's a sort of, like, cycle where the, like, wealthy old mm-hmm. straight white people name it say they want church to be a particular way the church responds so they start giving money or keep giving mm-hmm. money and because they're funding the ministry their concerns keep being the ones that are prioritized and too often the only ones that are heard yeah like we just you know queer people like we're we just don't make enough money to matter enough to them to like change. Anything. And then, and then, and then people go like, why, um, how did this become a queer church? And it's like, it's like, because those are the churches, they become super queer because we actually, the ones that are becoming super queer are the ones that are actually honoring and listening to those queer voices right? and like respecting their, their thoughts and wanting to hear their feedback and wanting more people to feel accepted. And so when, um, and people are like, why did, how did this all of a sudden become a queer church? It's like, it's not my fault that, that y'all left and thought that your, your values were more important than theirs. Mm-hmm. All us petty bitches got together <laughs> and we, we gossiped about your shady churches <laughs> and we good gossiped about the one church that gives a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the thing about it is like, you're not going to have growth. Like we're not going to have growth as a church. Like if the church is going to survive, it's either going to survive and become like, like this horrible institution that continues to just harm people Mm -hmm. or it's going to drastically change and be life giving again. Yeah. Like it's, I don't think it's it has the capacity to go neutral. Like it's either gonna it's either gonna thrive on hate or it's gonna thrive on love. Mm-hmm. Did we solve it in the minisode? Almost. <laughs> I think the only thing that I would want to add is queer reparations. <laughs> yes. Y'all been persecuting us for centuries. Cut a bitch a check. Right? Oh my gosh. I present that as a joke, but I really wish that people would think a lot like hard about it. I think there are churches that think about that. I think there are churches that choose to invest in LGBTQ charities as opposed to mm-hmm. um as opposed to continuing other, you know, ministries that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um but those are rare. On my way out of the shitty church that I beat up in a lot of podcast episodes (laughs) because it gave me a lot of material with which to do that. I told the priest, like as a queer person and as a disabled person, like it's more difficult for me to support myself in this society or probably like any society on earth. Right. And I said like, I appreciate that if it got to the point where I was going to be homeless, like 
you'd probably like give me food once a week. Like maybe you'd pay my rent for a month. So I'd be like homeless one fewer month. And like, I mean that, like I appreciate the material assistance that churches do Mm -hmm. offer to the poor. But I told him like, it's y'all's business that I don't get there and you don't think that it is. And that's a problem. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. More helping people of color and women and queer people and disabled people to support ourselves, please. Thank you. Thank you. Like, oh, I was going to say we don't want a handout. We just want a fair opportunity. But like, why not both? Right. <laughs> Let's even the playing field and, you know, grease a queer palm. And like, the real, the real is that, like, you and I both don't have like straight up consistent work jobs. Yeah. We do gig work here and there. And it is, I'm, you know, fortunate to, to have a partner who has a stable income. And my income is finally for the first time in like almost three years is becoming like a bit more stable. We love to see it. Right. But it can go away at any moment. Like mm-hmm. I, it's there. There are parts of ministry that, that don't have the funding that we need to do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And so this hits home like hardcore. Like if more people would be willing to to take the risks that need to be taken and just endure the hit that a couple years it might take, you know, mm-hmm. we would be so much better as a society. Um, but there aren't enough churches that are willing to, I just was thinking about earlier today, like how many rich celebrities who are progressive socially as fuck give large amounts of money to conservative evangelical churches. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, stop. Go give to, like, a ministry like us. Like, what we're doing to help people who are really in need. Right. Not providing the salaries of individuals that spend thousands thousands of dollars on tennis shoes. Mm -hmm. Like, for our listeners who have, like, two, three houses... Consider giving us one. Do we? Have, to use for homeless LGBTQ youth. Do we have listeners I don't, with two, three houses? I don't think that Damn it. we do, but I <laughs> wish I wish that we did. I wish that we did too. <laughs> I, it will happen. I believe that, that it will happen. And even if it happens for a friend's queer ministry, I'm going to celebrate it. I just want mm-hmm. queer, especially people of faith that have endured such spiritual abuse and trauma that there will be some, some financial support for them mm-hmm. because what, what happens is, is that trauma just continues until, until you just like luckily find often luckily find a, a group where at least you can have some emotional support, but rarely financial support. Right. You know, like one of our listeners from one of the mini suits who, who was married to his husband, but told like, oh, go to that homeless shelter. They were going to freeze at night. Go to that home, that Christian homeless shelter, but don't tell them that you're together. Like, right. <laughs> we hear that. That's not just one story. We've heard that story a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of fucking times Yeah, from our friends, you know, and 
and so it just i don't know it gets me really riled up about those who who have but don't but don't give mm-hmm. you know yeah like the smallest amount can make a world of difference for someone who really has nowhere else to turn you know and they've done nothing other than just be who they actually really are. Right. It's starting to be a, a drum that I beat more and more that like progressive churches need to rethink the church model that they like unconsciously adopted from yes. whatever sort of conservative Christian denomination or like movement they were associated with and i think like one of the important things is to rethink the like church model of being built on unpaid labor because like a lot of us are essentially being exploited for our labor by our churches yep and the burden of that falls disproportionately on those of us who are financially insecure. Mm-hmm. Like what part of that feels progressive? Like none of it feels progressive to me. Yeah. I would cream myself for like a church where everybody who volunteered or everybody who worked got paid a fair wage mm. or even just like an equal wage. Yep. Like, if there are priests working 50, 60, 80 hours a week at a church, I know priests are, are overworked. Like, I'm not yeah. going to underestimate that. And then, like, Bible study leaders are working 10, 15, totally. 20 hours Easily. a week. Like, shouldn't they be pay- paid proportionately to the people who are working a lot more? Mm-hmm. Instead of, admittedly, a lot, a lot of clergy are underpaid as well but not always not in the <clears throat> sorts of uh, <laughs> churches that i'm thinking of yeah like if there were they're like we're making big moves we're paying volunteers yeah no like okay 30 dollars to be there it's not the same like yeah no you realize that the people that are willing to get paid $30 to be there for a few hours on a Sunday are the people that most desperately need it. So it's always going to be those same people. Right. Like if there were, I, like I said, you're overworked, but say they're the staff person or a pastor who works 40 hours a week. Like that's all they need them to work. And they get paid a fair wage for doing that. Imagine the church board or whatever their bishop comes to them and says, like, I'm going to need you to work 10 to 15 hours more a week for no extra pay. Mm. Like, that would be illegal Mm -hmm. for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. But what they're doing to those of us who are volunteers is worse. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, priest who's paid... 40 hours a week if they're expected to do 50 hours of work they're at least compensated for 80 percent of their time yeah as the rest of us zero percent yeah oh and 
I mean, it's a much bigger conversation than a mini so can even cover, but I think the the idea of what church is defined as desperately needs to change. Mm-hmm. Like church doesn't inherently need to be Christian even. Like it could be ministry, like loving on those that are hurting and those especially like you were saying reparations, like maybe investing in the ministries that are like ours Mm -hmm. that are helping people to heal from the hurt that has been caused by the church, regardless of whether or not they become active members in their community. Right. That's some fucking reparations right there. I feel like the money is there in a lot of, yeah, I think there are a lot of bloated church budgets out there. Like, they have the ministries have the money and so they spend it all instead of thinking creatively about if they're more frugal, like what else could they mm-hmm. fund instead of just keep on doing the same cycle, like ministering to the same kinds of people year in and year out and wondering why they're not growing, why their congregation yep. isn't diversifying. Yep. Giving without strings attached. Ugh. Is it possible? <laughs> we know it is. We know it's possible. I'll take strings to start. <laughs> <laughs> Just give us something, damn it. Yeah, and no, and this isn't for our listeners. This is this is mostly us. Hopefully, you're just nodding along with us because this is just an overall ache that I think we all feel. Yeah, we know. All y'all, or like many of y'all have the same cash flow issues that we do for, the yeah. same, for a lot of the same reasons. Yeah. And it's hard seeing a church um, build out another wing or, you know, invest in, invest in a building instead of the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, we promised a mini so <laughs> <laughs> We I did. I know we could keep, keep going because we're getting fired up about this. Um, but should we call it a night for now? I think we might. I think we might need to call it a day on this one because it's it's definitely it might be a longer episode that we do in the future for sure. It's just so we can bitch longer because <laughs> I got more to bitch about. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned for us to do a communism. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody down? Anybody? <laughs> amazing well honestly i love these like you know gut-wrenching like really deep questions because it just reminds me that we have such a brilliant brilliant um listenership that we have individuals that um that have really thought hard and done the work and in which i think is Again, um, another testament because so many times, you know, you, you'd be talking to someone or seeing a comment on a Facebook thread or something of like, have you done this work? Have you even read this? It's like, have you even read this? I spent like a decade <laughs> fucking studying this shit. What have you done? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sorry. Here, let me show you my multiple theology degrees. <laughs> Like, you know, it's so funny because I always use my friends as theology degrees. <laughs> I'll be like, I am surrounded by theologians. And so that inherently makes me. 
<laughs> just just sick me on him. I'll put on my pup hood. I don't promise not to bite. Ooh. Ooh. This goes to this took a turn. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go have some fun. All right, gorgeous babes. <laughs> Be fierce. Keep the faith. And don't fuck it up, comrades. Hey, Lavender Mafiosas. As we continue to make fun, sex positive, thoughtful queer Christian content, we're so pleased by how many of you invite us into your homes to spend some time with us each week. It's like we're part of the same queer, extended, chosen family. And I don't feel like we would really feel like family if I didn't beg you for money. So here goes. Uh, first, we really appreciate those of you who partner with us on Patreon already because we need your support to continue the work we're doing. And there are even more things that we want to do, like build a website, make Lavender Mafia merch, provide opportunities for community online, in person, and to make more podcast content for you all. With what's been going on in our country lately with new threats to queer health and safety all the time, it means more than ever to me to be doing this. And I really appreciate those of you who've partnered with us to make it possible for us to keep doing this. If you want to be one of these people, please consider going to patreon.com slash lavmafia and signing up to be one of our patrons. Thanks and don't fuck it up. (laughs) 